It's time for 41 is the Mike, a weekly Chiefs podcast with Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41 and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike starts now. Welcome, everyone, to a Chiefs victory edition of 41 is the Mike that we have not had a chance to get to do in a little while. Uh, this is Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest, and alongside me, your co-host and jump ball enthusiast, Nick Jacobs. Nick, how are you doing? I am, yeah, no, I'm good. I, I didn't know that that was the, what I'm enthusiastic about this time, but I'm <laughs> I'm completely good with it as long as you have a receiver that can uh, battle to win that football. Is it okay if it's if it's a five foot eight running back? I mean, it's gonna have to do right now. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire, if that's uh that's what he wants to do and jump out of the gym like that, then I mean, hey, we'll we'll always have that one play that we can remember him by. This was the 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 Clyde Edwards uh, Hilaire uh, kind of rejuvenation game, Nick. I mean, it's it's been a while since we have seen Clyde have a performance like he did today. Yeah, I call it the get paid game. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's taking advantage of the opportunities and the snap counts to to put enough good stuff on tape here towards the end of the year that he and his agent down the road can sell whatever team on like, hey, this is who he is when he's utilized this way and gets in rhythm and gets the reps. And so I think that that's kind of how you sell that down the road. We, of course, are talking about Clyde after having a, a big performance against the Patriots in week 15 for the Chiefs, a, a uh, what, you know, I think should have been maybe a little bit more comfortable than a 27-17 victory, Nick. But, um, you know, let's start with the offense, which has been under such a, a, a microscope of late. And obviously Clyde was a big part of the the spark today. What did you see? What stood out to you about the Chiefs offensive performance today? I really liked their opening drive against New England and the way they were going down the field. They look like they're confident. They're in rhythm and they had, they had everything going. And then that pesky, if I remember correctly, I think it was a pesky penalty that um, that that took him took him down a peg there. And then they uh, had to try to settle for the field goal that ended up being missed. Poor Bucker consecutively, sixty two in a row. And then that that happens, and he's got to restart from scratch all over again. But uh, no, I mean, like it, they looked effective out there. They looked confident out there. They were attacking. They kept the New England on their heels. I like the I like the misdirection they had on the second drive to be able to go in and 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 score that the way they did. And so I mean they I thought the Chiefs collectively had a good game plan minus you know a couple of the of the uh, turnovers. Outside of those, I mean like it's just they were able to overcome a couple a couple things during it with Mahomes being able to maneuver around in the pocket. The protection had some issues off the right side today. Trey Smith had some struggles there for a handful of series, and then they were blitzing heavily off that right side, and Mahomes was having to kind of move around more than I think he would have preferred, and some of the protection wasn't necessarily what you would have wanted it to be, but Mahomes made it work with um, with with Rice for the most part. A big play with Watson that down the field, their explosive plays, you know, the creative screen, all that combined, like the, the Chiefs, they went back to some of their best hits that they had done in 2017, 2018, and part of 2019, and they're starting to pull from some of that part of the offense and starting to reuse that. And it it works. It worked wonders against the uh, against the Patriots. 
Yeah, and that to me, I mean, yes, this is a 3-11 and New England Patriots team. This is not the Patriots that you think of. But, you know, after the, the struggles that they had defensively in the first half of the season, I mean, they've been really good in the second half. I mean, and... You know, since the beginning of November, you know, they hadn't given up more than 20 points in any one game. They've had some really good efforts. Eh, schedule driven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll listen to that argument. But there's also no doubt that Bill Belichick gets up for games like this. And, you know, and Patrick Mahomes talked about the fact that, you know, he loves going up against Bill Belichick because it is, he's got to be focused because he knows he's going to see some different schemes, different looks than the Patriots usually do. And absolutely, the, 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 I think the Patriots threw some things at them, but the Chiefs handled it really well. And that, to me, is, is an encouraging sign that you know this is a defense that has been playing well of late. It was a defense that this was a big game for them, and it was a big game for their coach, and yet the Chiefs really handled things pretty well. Yeah, I mean, for most of the drives that they had, I I was pleasantly surprised and impressed with how effectively they moved the ball, how they really didn't have a lot of three and outs for the most part, and just kind of the way the Chiefs were able to attack them in a variety of different ways. Because with New England and what they were doing, they were attacking between the numbers. They were trying to get uh, they're trying to get Zappy in a rhythm and everything, but what he's comfortable throwing, and, and that's what Bill O'Brien was working on. And then Bill O'Brien didn't really try to expand it or get outside of his comfort zone until probably late second quarter and then part of the third, and then that's when Zappi turned the football over to Willie Gay at that point, and then that's whenever the wheels fell off and his confidence was gone, and and then Spagnuolo really started getting some good pressures and everything. So, But what, I, what I'm getting at there is like the Chiefs didn't have to go a certain path in play calling to get – what they wanted to accomplish and to move the ball down the field. They had a wide variety. I was really impressed with that part of it. They were, they were balanced for the most part. And I think that was a, that was, those were all promising signs to see against a good Patriots front more so than people realize. And against a great head coach like Bill Belichick, I know the chiefs talked about it all week. Some people may not believe it because of their record. Their record is what it is because of the quarterback situation. Otherwise, that football team would be a lot better. They'd be playing at least 500 ball, if not better, and be fighting for a playoff spot if they had significantly better quarterback play. And, you know, I mean, yeah, they could use some receivers and everything, but for the most part, they just they don't have the quarterback to make it work in New England right now. There was there was really, I think, you know, I mean, I guess you could maybe get, make the argument that the Chiefs had three things going for them today. Um, ground game wasn't really one of them. I mean, they did try to run the ball a little bit, and, and Clyde had one nice, really nice run for 20 yards. But outside of that, you know, the uh, Edwards Alaire and McKinnon went for 17 carries, 48 yards. Not a blistering performance, but enough to keep the defense honest. But one, Patrick Mahomes has a very good game. I mean, we'll, we can talk about the interceptions and the mistakes a little bit later, but we're just talking about things that went positively for now. Mahomes has a good game. Clyde had a great game out of the backfield catching the football and another strong outing from Rasheed Rice. Nine catches, 91 yards, nine targets. Um, yeah, ball security needs to be a little bit more of a priority for Rasheed. But, I mean, I don't think there's any mistaking here, Nick. I mean, especially what we've seen with from Rasheed over the last month of the season um he is head and shoulders the best receiver on this team right now correct yeah it's been fun to watch him develop throughout the season and get to that comfort level from where he was in training camp to where he's at now to where patrick feels comfortable with him and he kind of helps 
take some pressure off Travis Kelsey at times and even Justin Watson to a certain extent. And I know that sounds weird to say that together, but it is that's just where where that journey and that road's taken the Chiefs this season in the offense. But yeah, I mean Rice is your most reliable guy after Travis Kelsey. And look, I mean Clyde's always been a good back in terms of receiving. He's a good receiving back. Like that's that's kind of where he shines. He may not have the burst that you want to be able to be, you know, a home run threat on every single play, but I mean, he has good vision, and when you have blockers in front of him, he'll make you pay, and he'll make it work just like he did on that screen pass this, you know, last week and again this week. So, I mean, there's certain ways that you can build his, you know, you can build him up and build his confidence, get him in his own rhythm and everything. But, I mean, McKinnon, you know, obviously had the touchdown, but also got injured. And then later, after he came back out there, I saw him on special teams at one point. I was like, why is he on special teams? He's he's one of your best weapons. Like, stop. Don't you didn't need to be on special teams. That's what you got. That's what you got Prince for. That's why you brought Prince up. There's no reason for McKinnon to be on special teams right now. Especially after he, you know, been looked like he had bumped up a little bit or bruised there after that touchdown. So I mean that that one I didn't understand. But yeah, I mean, look, for Travis, you know, Travis Kelsey didn't have one of those dominant days. But guess what? He's not going to because that's Bill Belichick's mission is to take that away every single time. So Kelsey was going to have a tough day because that's the level of respect that Bill has for him. And Bill knew the only path for him to win is to try to limit Mahomes, make Mahomes uncomfortable with the blitzes and attack him at certain times with when he knew the backs were going to release and then add in, you know, taking away Kelsey. And then he's like, Hey, if rice beats us, rice beats us. And the chiefs were able to kind of use a combination of McKinnon, um, Rasheed rice and, and Clyde over to Lair to kind of make up the difference and kind of essentially form, you know, one to two other potential receiving threats. And then that's, you know, that's how the chiefs made it work. And we're able to come away with a win, even if they may, in my opinion, throttled back there towards the end, because if the chiefs wanted to hang 42 on the Patriots today, they could have, if, if they, if they really, really wanted to. Yeah. I mean, and, and especially, you know, as far as how the end of the game unfolded, I mean, the chiefs definitely, you know, went into turtle mode there, just running off the last couple of minutes of the, of the game. Um, had no, Andy Reid had no interest whatsoever in putting any more points up on Bill Belichick than, than he needed to. Um, and I think that just goes to you know, the respect that those two guys have for each other. But we were talking before the podcast as well. I mean, Bill Belichick had a, uh, it looked like quite a few words for not only Andy Reid, but Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, this had a feeling to it, didn't it, Nick? Yeah, I mean, you don't... I mean, after like the 2018 AFC Championship game, I don't remember seeing him linger like that to talk to make his mission to at least speak to all of them or recognize all of them in the way that he did after this game. And I... I I just think that Bill is at a point in his life and career to where he's going to start making some decisions one way or another to where I don't, I don't think, I think what's, what may be going down is bigger than just new England. Like, I, I think he's, I mean, cause I, you know, I mean, he's in his what mid to late seventies right now in that ballpark. So I, you know, it, he's, he's accomplished what he needs to in the NFL. It's just a matter of, is there one more time? Is there, does he want to go chase that career record and do that? Or is he kind of content with what he's accomplished and the dynasty that he was able to build for two decades with Tom Brady? I mean, that, you know, that's, 
that's going to stand the test of time in, in modern era free agency that he was able to do do that and be able to effectively do that for as long as he did. Yeah, and you know, and there's there is no coach I don't think in, in the NFL who is much of a, a student of the game and and the history of the game as much as as Bill Belichick and. He also obviously respects the heck out of Andy Reid and the way that Patrick Mahomes and the way Travis Kelsey plays. So, I mean, those are two guys that would fit right in on a Bill Belichick team. So if this is the last uh, rodeo for Bill Belichick, he's probably, you have to think, just acknowledging that this might be the last time, whether he's got more years in him or not. Every game, you know, against Mahomes and Kelsey could be the last time that he sees them. And clearly, whenever Belichick and Andy Reid get together, it's always been a historic matchup and this one if i'm not mistaken nick i think it's the only time the two coaches with more than 250 wins have ever faced each other i mean those those two have counted for a lot more wins than any other coaches who have ever gone up against each other at this point in their careers yeah i think mitch holtis said said a couple times this week that the only one that came close to it was on over landry and i want to say shula probably each other in 1987 yep I think that's what that one was. So I mean, like, yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah, it was like you said, it was a historic moment. You got to see, it, you got to see a lot that, like, you you kind of know, it's one of those lingering moments that you you're you know you're seeing history and you appreciate the history even if the Patriots aren't the Patriots of old, but just kind of you know like competitively for Mahomes and Andy and Travis to kind of compete against Bill Belichick one more time. Like that was the game within the game itself. Well, we talked about the the Chiefs offensively, and we talked about a lot of things that went right, Nick. But as much as you know, and, and this is, comes into the conversation of what have we really learned about the Chiefs today? And I've been asked that you know earlier today. I mean, I don't know if I can say I learned a whole lot about the Chiefs offensively, because even though it was a better day, they scored 27 points, Mahomes 305 passing, Rice the big day, Edwards Hilaire a nice day. They also still had some penalties. They still had turnovers. They still had a drop that was disastrous. I mean, this and and, and today we got, you know, the terminator of kickers, Harrison Butker. With a missed field goal, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, definitely not gonna lay the porch pitchforks on Harrison Butker because the guy has had an absolutely amazing season. But you know, Nick, can this team just get out of its own way every once in a while? Yeah, I mean, the first part that I'll, that I'll attack on that one is, I mean, the Chiefs' offense showed various levels of progress and how they were able to move in the variety they showed, like I talked about earlier. So that's the encouragement you can take from that. There are obviously some frustration and protection that you kind of you're. I'm personally going to keep an eye on in the weeks ahead in terms of the right side and how they were, how they were performing. Um, and then you know one one more. So I'm continuing to watch him. Not he's a rookie. He's going to take his lumps. He's not going to be perfect on every single play. I'm just keeping an eye on how he develops week to week and whenever opponents get more tape of him. How is he? How is he responding to that? How is he balancing that? Are they getting the better of him more and more in pass pro or, you know, is he still holding his own? And that, those are kind of questions because run blocking wise, I'm not worried about him. It's purely pass protection and where his hand placement is going to be at and how he's doing on his kick step. Just that portion of it's kind of what I want to get answered. And there, he's getting a lot of snaps that are going to help the Chiefs answer what they need to do at left tackle down the road here. 
whether it's with Donovan Smith or, you know, what, what they may do there, or if it's one year or if the solution at left tackle isn't on the roster yet, when you're hoping that one year answer, one year gives you, gives you that answer um, that you're, that you're wanting like, yeah, no, he, he can be the left tackle next year. So you can just worry about receiver and, you know, tight end and maybe running back if you need to. So that's, that's the part that I'll be, uh, I'll be keeping tabs on, but yeah, no, I mean, defensively i mean mike edwards gave up that touchdown again uh again today like he did last week against cook and you know, or yeah against cook the running back while he's replacing brian cook safety and so i mean not having brian cook out there that that play went a little bit differently than it would have other times so yeah i mean there's you know there's there's a little hiccup there and you know cooking it healthy and come back you're hoping that that happens um, but yeah, no, I mean, like for the most part, like, you know, there's, yeah, I, I just, um, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a lot of promise there for the chiefs and, uh, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see how things transpire, but no, I, I, there's certain grains of salt that uh, I'll take with it to where with the chiefs, I, I like what I, I like some of the things I saw, but I, I also know that they're playing Bailey Zappi. That's that's the long scenic way to get to it. And I apologize. <laughs> uh, absolutely fair. And and I will get. I mean, I will get the Chiefs' offense a little credit here. There there were only two penalties today, um, and one of them I am not blaming on Rasheed Rice. I don't believe that that was offensive pass interference on Rasheed Rice. Yeah, no, you're pretty much on the same page there. Yeah, that, um, that's two guys that were accidentally ran into each other that yeah. were. That that wouldn't that wouldn't OPI. That should have been a no, a no call either way, but it happens. Um, yes, Jawan Taylor gets get a legitimate false start, and that's Jawan Taylor for you. But uh, that did not tar, you know torpedo a drive this time. Yeah, the the rice penalty you know, did hold the Chiefs to a, a field goal trying that drive and cost you didn't get the points. But like I said, I'm not blaming that on on Rasheed Rice. Now the Kadarius Tony drop is the one thing that we have to close the buttonhole on before moving on to the rest of it. Because <laughs> yeah. That was a bad one, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if he had any other drops during the, during the game too, but I know that that was, that was the one that let the Patriots back into the game and kind of the, the concern you have is I, I'm going to come out and say it bluntly, like the attention to detail is not there. Like it's it continues to show week after week, and there were still times when I'd watch how he'd line up, and I'm like, he didn't check, he still didn't check. Like there, like he'd point out, and then he didn't, he didn't check. And I'm like, man, after what happened last week, I would be nervous and checking every single time. And and he just nonchalantly just pointed the finger and and you know went 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 on about his about his way. And I'm like, man, with what happened last week, you can't like you can't leave any stone unturned. And then having the bobble like he did that ended up turning into an interception. Like you can tell Mahomes obviously wasn't thrilled about the result of that play and allowing the Patriots back into that. And when you look at that in the in the grand scheme of it, like say that's a playoff game. That may be the difference right there. That might be the play that they got it. And that's two weeks in a row, whether it was the offs uh, simply not paying attention to detail and you know incorrectly pointing and double checking, not not only pointing, but double checking that the ref, you know, the 
official gives you the thumbs up or a pat on the leg or whatever. And then having this happen and a couple of other things, I'm just like, look, I mean, you either want to pay attention to detail or you don't. And, you know, if, if, if that's not a capability, then, you know, that's unfortunate, but I mean, like that's, it's gonna, it's gonna cost you the worst time. If this is what, if this is the trend that continues, you hope that trend doesn't continue. You know, athletically, he's got some good speed. He's got good promise. And that's what you can keep talking yourself into. But if if they're still seeing those inconsistencies in practice week after week and it kind of rears its ugly head at various points in the next handful of games, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what road the Chiefs go down um, from a wide receiver perspective. Because, I mean, look, he's a good returner. And, I mean, I think he he can he gives you promise out of the backfield as a as a kind of a running back pass catching threat. But. It's been a struggle all year receiver and, you know, between the injuries and the, and the inconsistencies, the drops, the, the lack of attention to detail on some, on some of the finer points. It's just, it's, it's a frustrating point where you're kind of deciding between the potential you want to talk yourself into and what he has ceiling wise available versus what is he willing to work towards. Yeah, and obviously there's there was some very eerie similarities as far as that throw and drop today that turns into a turnover to what happened against Detroit. I mean, it was yes. a very similar type throw and situation. So yeah, I mean, when the same thing keeps happening over and over again, and you know, it's this is one of my cliches that I lean on, Nick. But you know, a, a football player is oftentimes what the back of his football card says that he is. And at this point, you know, the the Kadarius Tony that we saw at the end of last year was kind of a role player who could come in and give you a, a handful of snaps and, you know, give you a good production and a limited, maybe a limited role is is not necessarily the bulk of what he's put on film. I mean, now we're seeing the same things that got him kind of run out of New York in the first place last year. Um, there was drops. It was complaints about the little details and uh, and just paying attention to things. Those were, that's what got him traded, and made him available. So, at this point, you know, I mean, it is starting to be what he is. So, and you know, if you're the if you're if you're Andy Reid, you're in this coaching staff. How do you fix it? Well, I mean, yes, you've got Justin Ross coming back this week, but I don't think that's the fix. I mean. More receivers, I'm not sure is the solution to this <laughs> the Chiefs problem. But you know, and I, I mentioned this when we were talking earlier on, on Sunday Sound Off on, on KSHB 41. But I mean, to me, this is just gonna be just like a, a college basketball coach in March. It's time to shorten your bench and just go with the guys that you trust. And right now that looks like Rasheed Rice, a lot of Justin Watson, and and a little bit of MVS, a little bit of Sky Moore if he's healthy. Maybe a little Richie James. That's about it. Yeah, no, you, you're not going to be able to keep messing around on it and keep, you know, giving everybody a little, a little, a, a variety. You're not going to be able to do a variety show anymore. It's yeah, you're going to have to. These are the guys that they're doing it with, and this is this is who we're going to have get better and improve. And this is this is just how you're going to have to operate. I mean, I know I get a lot of questions about hey. Should the Chiefs sign this person to the practice squad? Can Powell should Powell be brought up? Should what should Justin Ross be brought up? McCole Hardmoney comes back. How are they going to fit them all in here? I, here's here's the reality. 
Kadaris Tony and McCole Hartman are kind of the same thing right now. They're gadget guys. You're just deciding which gadget guy do you trust more because, you know, McCole Hartman has a little bit better speed, but they're they're both gadget guys. And Richie James is kind of the is essentially the returner, but Kadarius Tony gives you more as a returner in terms of athletic ability. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy? Is he going to hold on to the football? Or is his confidence pretty rattled like it was for Sky Moore early on last year? Sky Moore, for the most part, if you use him kind of as a running back, like I believe he was, um, once he's run back in high school, I'd have to double check later, but like, but using him in the flats and kind of having him against linebackers, that's kind of his wheelhouse in this, in this Chiefs offense, along with Kadarius Tony. You got two guys that are really more work in the flats type guys that, and that didn't really help your offense, but um, with those, those are kind of what those guys are and what their skill sets are. Justin Ross, it takes him a while to wind up. So, I mean, you know, you're having him run 10, 15, 20 yard level routes before he gets to top end speed. So if you have him run a slant, it's going to have to be 10 to 15 yards before Mahomes can get it there. And, you know, does Mahomes want to throw those contested passes and how's their chemistry since he's been gone for, you know, six to eight weeks, that's going to take time to build up. So it, even though he was there for training camp and all that type of stuff, like, you know, that's kind of, it's, you got to rebuild that thing from scratch for the most part. So it's, you know, all, all of it collectively, I, I know everybody wants to find a solution and that this fix for the offense, but I think you said it best, creating that bench is where shortening it is. That's that's going to be the only thing that's going to create the rhythm that you're looking for. Yeah, and you make a great point about just the, you know, the layoff, because not only, you know, if you've got Justin Ross coming off eight-week absence, essentially, um, Kadarius Tony, a lot of his problems are a result of the fact that he didn't have a training camp. I mean, he missed those six weeks. It was important. Now you've got McCole Hartman, who's going to be missing a period of time. If if and when he comes back, you know, he's going to be rusty. Richie James was gone for eight weeks. I mean, now when you're talk- talking about receivers who have been healthy the entire season, you don't have a lot of guys to point to. I mean, that's that's been continuity has been kind of a part of the problem with this team. And and that's what it comes down. I mean, it's Mahomes is going to throw to the guys that he trusts. And based on today's performance, he trusts Rasheed Rice. He obviously trusts Travis Kelsey. He trusts Justin Watson. He's going to trust Noah Gray for the two or three catches that he gets every game. But other than that, I mean, I think that's about it. I don't think you're wrong, Matt. I don't think you're wrong, but I, I think he's given everybody the opportunities to be able to prove him wrong and try to get him some catches. And then when he gets burned by it, then he, you know, he kind of goes back into, all right, well, I'm going back into that lane. I tried to venture out and take the scenic route on exit 45. Didn't work out for me. So we're going to go right back to I-435 and stay on there. That's exactly what you do. And you go with the guys you trust. And I tell you what, Nick, this is my segue here. There's a lot of guys to trust on defense right now. Who do you want to start with? <laughs> Who do you trust the most, Matt? <laughs> I tell you what, it's a long list, but I tell you, I Legarius Need had once again a really good game. Um the very physical game. I mean, I mean, Legarius is obviously a very physical player, but today he 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 laid the lumber a few more than a few times. Yeah, he did. Justin Reed did. I mean, they both had they both had some very physical tackles. They were they were not playing around today. They 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 uh boy they they laid the wood a couple of times. I'm like, oh all right, wow, okay, that was uh, that was a little thunder right there. 
So, yeah, no, I mean, look, the pass rush looked good. I mean, the blitzes that Spagnuolo brought kept uh, Zappy off balance after he got into rhythm there for a little bit. Spagnuolo's like, all right, we're done with this. And then he, you know, brought that out, and then Zappy was rattled at that point, and that was kind of the end of that. And they, they kept the run game in check after, you know, a couple series when they got into rhythm. So, yeah, I mean, collectively, the only person that I kind of felt like was having a little bit of struggles was Mike Edwards on, uh, you know, whenever he's having to play that, that when he can be a ball hawk and just kind of be the third safety, that's that's where he shines. When he's having to kind of take over Brian Cook's role and really have to kind of read and kind of cover deep and make sure nobody gets past him, that's that's when he starts to have a little bit of the struggles to where he can't be attacking instinctive, kind of like a Marcus Peters was early in his career. That's that's really more where, where Mike, Mike really shines. So the fact that he can't play that to a certain extent, that – he kind of hampers and takes away a little piece of his ability, but look, Tranquil did great. Willie Gay made a couple plays. Nick Bolton had a had a solid day. So I mean, yeah, defensively they they you know they did what they're supposed to do. And Chiefs offensively they scored you know twenty seven total. You know, as you and I talked about earlier before, twenty four or more gets the job done. And you know the Chiefs were able to to do that, and the defense held them to seventeen. So I mean, you know. I know that people are going to look at the record and kind of downplay a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs, for the most part, improved on the things that they needed to, regardless of the opponent they're facing. So you take those things and you try to clip away a little bit more against the Raiders, uh, the, some of those turnovers, some of those drops, and take those away and and challenge them to be more efficient on a couple more of those drives. And then you challenge the defense to be a little bit more uh physical and the run game and if they go against Josh Jacobs next week. So you just take all those little pieces of the, of, of it and you kind of challenge them to kind of up it even more. But I mean, Hey, the Raiders hung 63 last week. So, I mean, people can, you know, obviously I know they, they hung zero um, four days before that, but you know, you just kind of take, kind of take the bit, the bits and pieces from both games, put them together and come away with a promising uh, win on Nickelodeon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can we can only hope that you know there will be lots of slime in the end zone on on Christmas Day on Nickelodeon for the Chiefs. Yes, <laughs> for the Chiefs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think certainly that uh, you know, and you look at like the day that Hunter Henry had. I mean, that's good indication right there of just that the the Patriots second game in a row that I think teams were looking for. Hey, where would Brian Cook usually be? Let's attack that that zone. Let's go after Mike Edwards. And um, once again, I mean, you're right. I mean, and the same thing kind of happened last week against Buffalo. Buffalo did the exact same thing. And once Steve Spagnuolo, you know, saw that and figured out, you know, where the soft spot was, they tightened it up and it kind of went away. And yeah, it's Bailey Zappi, but Chiefs held the Patriots the 2 of 12 on third down, 154 yards passing, just 206 yards of offense. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do to Bailey Zappi. I mean, at least they did that. Um, the other thing that stood out to me about this, you know, is that you did not see or hear Chris Jones's name much. And that was not Chris Jones's fault because um, I think, for the most part, the Chris Jones by held had a had a record set today for most holds against him, <laughs> because there were more than a couple of times, Nick, that I saw two guys holding him at once. Yeah, no, the, the Patriots weren't going <laughs> to let him beat him, and if they had to hold him, that was fine. Um, if they had to put a walking, if they had to put like a one of those uh, parking boots when they want to leave your car <laughs> where it's at, they're going to do that to him. And then, like I, I put out on uh, social media there 
on that screen pass when the guy was yanking his shoulder pad, turned Chris completely around, he's yanking his shoulder pads. I was like, oh, that's cool. They're like, I mean, that's, I wouldn't do a try to force a jersey swap during the middle of a screen pass on the play, but I mean, that's what the left guard wanted to do. So, I mean, all right, all right then, you know. And so, I mean, I, I'm not upset. I'm, somebody on social uh, wanted to comment and talk about, you know, complain about calls and everything. And I'm like, look, yes, there was some stuff the crews are going to let slide for the next weeks ahead because the Chiefs voiced their opinion about how some of their colleagues did. So that's going to, uh, yes, that's going to happen. Like, uh, I, and I get that. Uh, but, I mean, you know, like when a guy's having a jersey swap right there that is, you know, a one-way one-way acceptance on that one <laughs> or that desire like that, that's that was one. Yes, you probably should have called. But no, for the most part, you know, it, yeah, I mean, Andy and Patrick, they hurt their, they got to hurt their checkbooks this week a little bit. Maybe you have to, you know, rain back on a little bit of the Christmas shopping. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know. But no, it, um. Yeah, the the Patriots are gonna do whatever they had to do. They're like, hey, we're already like, you know, three and ten anyway, so who cares? <laughs> like, you know, it's not gonna derail us. <laughs> I mean, I get that the NFL wants to protect its officials, and I know it's all about, you know, we'll get some integrity of the game nonsense and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Andy Reid is like one of the most mild-mannered of coaches when it comes to post-game press conferences. I mean, Andy's a great, I mean, he's a great coach to cover and all these things, but doesn't always necessarily give us the best stuff. This guy, Nick, got fined $100,000 because he said the officiating was a bit embarrassing twice. A bit embarrassing. I mean, if I was called a bit embarrassing at work, that would be a compliment on most days for me, Nick. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't get fined a hundred thousand dollars for it, and that nobody else has either. I mean, and I don't think. That, I mean, Travis Kelsey once said that the same officiating crew, Carl Jeffers, shouldn't even be working at a freaking Footlocker. And and Travis didn't get fined a hundred thousand dollars. But yeah, I I part of me kind of part of me kind of thinks they wanted to set an example with Patrick and Andy. And that was what they're gonna no do because it was in prime. It was in a in one of the prime windows of their of it, and the league didn't like that and everything. But at the end of the day, I think Andy got his message across, and I I I think that he's gonna have a lot of people in his corner when it comes to the competition committee down the road. I think Andy was playing the long game on what on what they're doing with that one, and some of those things I think are gonna be brought up privately in the competition committee. But he needed this opportunity to create icebreakers for it. <laughs> so, you know, it could be a nice little conversation, a uh, nice little conversation piece or topic um, coming, coming up when they have their, when they have those meetings. My, my last jab at the NFL this week will be to point out that when they moved the Philadelphia and Seattle from the, the three twenty five window on Sunday uh, to Monday night and flopped the, the Patriots chiefs game, they mm-hmm. could have moved it to 325, so it would have been at the same time. So part of the country would have gotten Patriots Chiefs, and the rest would have gotten Cowboys and Buffalo. But no, they moved Chiefs Patriots to noon so that all of America could see Dallas get absolutely pantsed by the Buffalo Bills today. So 
Well, here's here's the other thing I'll say to that part of that. Um, if you saw the broadcast that they had for the Chiefs Patriots game, wasn't exactly the smoothest. Uh, a lot of poor, a lot, a lot of issues on replays. So you got to put your best dress out there at 325. So if that if that's your if that's your A team in terms of production truck, and obviously with Olsen and 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 the crew and Andrews and all of them, then I get why you're like, hey, we want to make this one standalone because it's Cowboys. It's got the New York market, and um, that's got our best production crew combined on that. Because you see, I'll say this: you see a stark difference between what Fox Sports production does versus what CBS Sports does, even with their second, third, fourth, and fifth teams. There's a there's a very big difference between one, two, and three at at uh, at Fox Sports versus. Uh, one through four at CBS Sports. And okay. that's a compliment. And my okay, I, I said that was my my final beef. I guess my here's my really final beef, Nick. Okay, all right. Since I wasn't I wasn't traveling this week, so I got to to watch the the fo- whole Fox presentation there. Yeah. Um. Wow. Rob Gronkowski was a great tight end, but as a studio commentator, yikes. He tries his best. So I mean, oh he he's oh he scores well on the try hard chart. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But yikes! Are you talking about the forced promos they had him do um, in between some in before halftime and after? After you're just talking about some of the analysis during the in between before halftime. Those that's part of the business. I don't that okay with. It was a little bit too much talk about Jarek McKinnon. Well, I mean. In all fairness, Gronk has taken a lot of hits. So, you know. Unfortunately, very, very true. Well, that I think we've we have we have I think we've squeezed every drop that we can out of Chiefs Patriots. 27-17, Chiefs win this one. They are back on the winning side of things. Nine and five. Two-game lead in the AFC West with three to games to play. Win next week against the Raiders, or I believe even a Buff a Denver loss next Sunday will give the Chiefs the AFC West division title. So you got that going for us for you, Nick. Hey, just go out there and, and and win it. Go out there and handle business. Know that this is the prize that locks you in for the playoff and make that your theme throughout the week, that this is what punches your playoff ticket and go out and have an even better performance than what you did against New England. Tighten up what you need to on offense and, and, and you know, don't play around. Like, you know, this don't, Pretend you're not on Nickelodeon for part of it, okay? Take this as serious business, and um, and you know, just just handle what needs to be handled. Punch punch the playoff ticket. Get start treating. Here's what I'll say about the Bills and what they did against the against the Cowboys. The Cowboys had an emotional letdown coming off that Philly game, and you could see it by the way they were playing. They were they were pretty emotionally exhausted from what the performance they put in against the Eagles. And they were not even coming close to matching Buffalo's tempo out there and their mentality and their backs against the wall. And so that's kind of what I want to see from the Chiefs here in the weeks ahead. Start treating each week like this is the playoffs and this is what you're having to do and get into that mindset and that mentality right now and keep doing that for the next three games because you really need to get yourself prepped for when that for when that comes and turn, you know, not try to turn the switch then. Turn the switch this week and and start cranking it up. 
Yeah, and the Chiefs, you know, when they do take the field on Christmas Day at noon, they they could know some good things. I mean, uh, the Broncos play the Patriots Sunday night. Um, the Cowboys and the Dolphins are on Sunday afternoon. I mean, if the, and if the Cowboys win that game and a bounce back, then suddenly Chiefs, they win. They would be the two seed in the AFC playoff picture. And then the Ravens play Christmas night, so you won't know them. But they are playing the 49ers, so... Chiefs beat the Raiders. You would definitely be a 49ers fan on Christmas night. Uh, a lot of football next week, next weekend, Nick, over a few days. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully everybody has a very safe uh, weekend until we talk to you. We will we'll find some time over the holiday, Nick, to, to recap that Raiders game and unopen all of our presents for each other. Yeah, and don't worry. I'll be, I'll be looking festive then, too. I just need all the stuff to come in that I ordered. Oh, I can't wait now. I'll, and I'll I'll have it on the podcast if I do. I promise. Oh, then you will definitely have to, to tune into the video for that one. <laughs> Any parting words, Nick? Until next time, I bid you adieu. That says it all for me. Thanks, everybody. We will catch you next week after Raiders and Chiefs on Christmas Day. Have a good one. You've been listening to 41 is the Mike, presented by KSHB 41, your home of the Chiefs and Chiefs Digest.